0: All right, good morning. Listen, this morning is going to be a little bit different just in terms of order and some of the flow that's going to go on. You're going to have a major part in how this morning goes down, uh, so we might be out of here in 20 minutes. If uh, if no one were to share a thing of how great God is, uh, we'd be out of here really, really quick, but I'm really hoping that we have an entire full service because you decide to participate in things. I want you to look at this slide for a second. This is our, our title slide of the series that we've been in. And built into this slide is a verse. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 14 to 15. Now probably you can't read that from the screen. How many can read that from the screen right now? Those, those verses. That would be impressive, okay? But, but let me read it for you so that, so you can hear what that says. And, and I want you to wrap your minds around this, okay? Here it is. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. There's a lot to that verse. Two little verses right in the middle of the Bible. Uh, there's, There's a lot packed in there. Here's one of the big themes of this series about the idea of being smitten by a lover. Smitten means you're affected, you are overwhelmed by it, you think about him all the time. Is that the love of Christ controls us. And we're looking at God. We're starting with God in this series. We could have preached this series really from, from a person-centric way. What that means is this, every time God acts a certain way, there's a reaction on us. There are things that we're affected by. The Psalms do talk about people. They talk about all of us. That's why when you go, uh, when you're hurting and you want to read a Psalm to find a, a a little bit of you in that, you can find yourself in there. When you're excited and celebrating good times, you can find yourself in the Psalms. You find all kinds of people in the Psalms. But here's the here's the way we're teaching this. We're teaching this... From a God-centered way. And even the way that we're teaching this instructs us. Because what we're saying is, we want to look first and most at God. And then, yes, there will be some residual information about how it affects us and who we are in that picture. But first and most important in in everything is God. Even our story, our, our story is part of a bigger story. In fact, part of what we're going to talk about this morning and part of what you're going to share with the rest of the community is how your story is being used for God's glory. But as we're teaching this series, we want to focus and think about God. Here's why we're doing that. Because knowing that He is on the throne, knowing that He is most important, knowing that He is most glorious and, and most weighty, is great for those days where you don't feel important, you don't feel capable, you don't feel accepted. Those feelings can kind of come and go. And so to know that he's on the throne and sovereign and in control is a huge, massive idea. I hope this is happening on a weekly basis for us. We're instructed to fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, are we part of that story? Obviously. He's writing our story. But where do our eyes land? Where does our attention focus? Where do we stop and look? I hope it's not just Sunday mornings that we're saying, we're going to fix our eyes on the unseen things of God. Quick review. We've talked about a lover who knows, who holds, who accepts, who is confusing, who speaks. And this morning we're looking at a lover, at our God, who acts. The mighty and awesome deeds of God. Let me throw out some Old Testament uh, stories that we have recorded for us of the acts of God. Here are just some. Uh, see if I've named your favorite. When you think about the acts of God, the mighty deeds of God, what comes to your mind? Maybe it's creation, or the flood, or a burning bush, or the raising and toppling of kingdoms and governments. Maybe it's the crossing of the Red Sea or the Ten Commandments. Now those all get a lot of publicity and a lot of press. Those are, those are big, giant events. But here's what we're going to notice this morning. We're going to read, we're going to hear Psalm 66 read out loud in the hearing of the community this morning. And the first half of the psalm talks about the communal acts of God, like ones we just mentioned. Those affected the whole community, right? The ones I just mentioned. But God's also a God who individually acts in the lives of individual people on a much sort of smaller scale. But it's a big deal to that person who's, who's there let me call out some Old Testament acts of God that were, uh, that were very important to the, to the people, to the individuals that God was acting in. Who knows who Achan is from the Old Testament? Just kind of give me a nod if you've heard of Achan. Here, here's might help it out. The sin of Achan. Now, sadly, if, if your name is attached to, people don't know, and then you're like, oh, the sin of Achan. Yeah, I, I know that guy. God calls out Achan an individual from amongst the entire community, over a million people, and he zeroes in and he acts in his life. He acts to judge him, but he acts nonetheless. He does the same thing with King David. Remember choosing David from Jesse's tribe? Here's all these different people, and God zeroes in, and he calls David, the least of this family, the least of the tribes, Jesse's. And and here he raises him up to be a king. How about Rahab? That's an individual story. The testing and renewal of Job. The point being this, God acts corporately in the community, God acts individually in our lives. In the New Testament, Jesus lived a remarkable life filled with visible fruits of an unseen kingdom. Acts. His ministry wasn't just talking, right? He didn't go around just talking about spiritual things. There were acts that backed it up. So he spoke and he acted at the same time. Psalm 66 has two invitations in it, and we're going to hear about them in just a second. The first is, come and see, in verse 5. Come and see the mighty and awesome deeds of my God. And then in verse uh, 16, it says, come and listen. Or some of your translations say, come and hear. I want to tell you about it. I want to show you the acts of God, and I want to speak forth the acts of God. Come here. Come close and just listen to me. That invitation, we're going to take literally this morning, and we are inviting you, community, to call forth, to speak out the mighty acts of God. Just so you know where we're going, we're reading it in two parts. The first part, you can start to turn to Psalm 66 right now. We're going to sing a song called, appropriately enough, Come and Listen which is just an imitation, It's right out of the psalm, I believe, is where he wrote it. And, and the first 12 verses, you watch for it, you listen for it. There's a corporate language to it. We and our and us. And then verses 13 to verse 20 will be the second portion. And those will be individual, me, my, and individual acts of God. Here's where we're going. We're going to hear the psalm read completely. I'm going to make a couple of comments. And then the floor is turned over to the community. And in this first segment, I want you to think corporately about what God has done amongst us. It could be corporately as this church body. Thinking about God's faithfulness and how God's moved and acted and performed signs and wonders right here in our midst. Maybe corporately means uh, you, you and, a, and a group of believers that, that gather for a Bible study, a community group. But let's leave the first segment corporately, and then we'll talk about individual ways that we call out God's great and mighty deeds for the second half. Let me pray, and then we'll sing this song. God, we talked last week, We saw the psalmist say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. God, we couldn't possibly bless you by giving you good gifts, by responding to your needs because you have none. But Lord, we bless you when we specifically, boldly, and joyfully call out and think on and respond to Your excellencies. And Lord, what a joy this morning to speak out and ascribe to You the worth and the glory and the weightiness that's due Your name amongst the congregation. I thank You for this ancient form of worship. The people of God gathering on the Lord's Day to celebrate and talk about what he's been doing, how good he is to us. And God, we love you, and that's what motivates and prompts us to speak forth your praises. And now as we sing, Lord, help us to do so with all that is within us. Amen. All right, I hope you're in Psalm 66. Uh, We're going to get there in just a second. Um, This past week, I want to thank you as a church body, whether you know it or not, uh, you allowed your pastors to go on a retreat to Hume Lake and uh, just one of my all-time favorite places on earth to be. and um, we got to be up there. Ben and Laura uh, got to got to go and um, we spent a lot of meals together just talking and refreshing and uh, getting to hear some great speakers, being led in worship, uh, getting to be outdoors. Uh, and I was sitting there. Uh, ben showed you a couple weeks ago from Psalm 19 um, some pictures from Hume Lake. And I was sitting there enjoying, soaking in some of, some of those views, sitting up at Hume Lake. And, um, and I, was, I was thinking about Psalm 19 and the fact that, you know, the way that creation declares the glories of God is in a general sense, isn't it? I mean, there are generalities about God that you can learn from creation. But then his word, and specifically the life of Jesus, comes, and you get to see the specifics fleshed out. And Ben kind of walked us through that really, really well uh, through Psalm 19. And as I'm sitting there soaking in the views and thinking on Psalm 66 and thinking about the excellencies of God and calling them out, I thought, wow, it's exactly the same way. Creation praises just like it reveals in a general sort of a way. But the crowning pinnacle of God's creative process is human beings. whom he says that he created us in His very image. So every man, woman, and child that you ever lay eyes on is an image bearer of God. Made in the likeness of God. And you know what we get to do? We get to call out specific praises to God. I sit, I sit on the end of the dock and I soak in a view of Hume Lake that just moves me. And I think, but boy, I get to come along with my mouth and I get to speak forth specifics about a God who has revealed himself to me. That's what this morning's going to be about. I want you to listen right now to Wendy Ash. Uh, come on up. And she's going to read Psalm 66, the first half. And you just follow along and you just, you just listen to God's word being read.
1: Good morning. I love the title of this. How awesome are your deeds? Psalm 66, 1 through 12. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Selah. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him, whose rules whose rules by his might, who rules by his might forever. Whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Bless the Lord, our God, or bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. Thanks, Wendy.
0: All right. What I'm going to do right now, sometimes, many times, we like to keep the children in for these times of sharing because it is awesome. But uh, we have a full uh, morning of children's things planned. So right now I'm going to ask the children to go ahead and dismiss and slip out. Uh, And the way this is going to work is this. Rather than the Phil Donahue style of running a microphone around our church, we're going to lean on you to call out the excellencies of God that are fit for a king. So you're going to have to say it with enough for the assembly to hear. If you're in the front somewhere, go ahead and turn toward where the, the bulk of the people are. And uh, so that we have some semblance of order and whatnot, um, you can kind of just raise your hand. I'll, I'll acknowledge you as we go around. And if you want to speak next, you're welcome to stand and whatever else. So you can get my attention. I don't know if you caught what was just read. But, but as we think about the excellencies of God, as we think about the awesome deeds of God, here's what Psalm 66 just recorded. Did you hear it? Here, here it was. Trials, testing, suffering. And what they saw it as was refinement. Right? You let us get caught in nets. You had men right over our heads. Look at your text. It says that. The people of God is a story story. Filled with suffering. And oftentimes it's time, right, that allows us to look back and say, but God led us to a place of abundance. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sometimes we don't see that when we're on the trail. Here's what I know this morning. I know that some of you are on the trail right now and in faith you can still call out your trial as, as, a, as a praise to God, as an awesome deed of God. Some of you are through the trial, and you can see how God's led you to that place of abundance. My hunch is this. My hunch is this first segment might be a little bit trickier, because I think most of us tend to think a little bit more our family, our story, our individual things. But right now, here's what I want to limit it to. I want to limit your calling out the excellent, mighty deeds of God to a corporate sense. So um, I'm going to stop talking, and you're going to begin sharing, uh, and probably the first person gets the Courage Award to kind of kick things off. So if you have something to share, um, just pop your hand up, stand up, and speak it out. Yep. Yeah, time and again, uh, this week, when you get together with pastors, they say, hey, where do you serve? Tell me about your church a little bit. And we've uh, shared the story about our church uh, a number of times. But for those of you who don't know what Carol was talking about, uh, this building's been here for a long time, almost 50 years. And, um, and it's gone through several versions. And it's just been incredible, as, as you put it so succinctly, just to watch the hand of God come and direct what's going to go on here has been an awesome thing. And as Neighborhood Bible Church, um, we, we're approaching five years together, which is kind of hard to believe for some of us who've been uh, plugging away at this and and enjoying the the ride that, that God has us on. I'll call this out. One of the things I say all the time to people when they ask about our church is this: um, They said, "Tell me about your church." You know, and one of the things that we said was, you know, one of the things we felt convinced of is that the New Testament doesn't seem to indicate that we ought to go after a segment of people. That are just like the pastor or a segment of people that like this worship music or whatever. And a lot of church planting um material kind of indicates that and and, and uh we really just trust in the Lord. We said, God, you bring who you want to bring, um, and we want to minister to our community. That's our target. Our target is this neighborhood. Uh, and that's why we call it a neighborhood Bible church. And so um and so one of the cool things is this uh when I describe our church, I say, you know. Uh, in general, I mean, if I look around, there are, there are a lot of young families here, but that's not who our church is. What God's done, like, I could do that probably somewhat in the flesh naturally, right? Supernaturally is this. We have the, the age spectrum here. I had a woman visit our church recently, and here was her question. She said, is there anyone, basically here, here's, here it was, is there anyone like me? And she was retired age. And what was cool is I didn't have to go, uh, there's one person, but they're, they won't be here this week. I could say, yeah. Let me let me introduce you to some of our some of our saints who've been down the road longer than I've been alive. Um, yeah, we, we 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 do have people like you, but that's that's a work of God. Is that He has brought together people. He has brought together a body of people um, that are one in Christ, and that's a that's an exciting part of our story that I like to elevate because you know who gets glory for that? God does. It's not that's not a sharp marketing team that can that can win that one over. That's just God. And I'll tell you what, any, any pastor who's been at this for any length of time learns very quickly, man, if you've gone after the younger segment, praise God because they need Jesus. But we need saints around who know what's up and have been through many of the storms we're heading into. So people older than me, more gray hair than me, uh, less hair than me, no hair, whatever, we need you. We love you. We love having you around. Um, and praise God. Praise God that, that he, is, he has provided um, a, a breadth of, of body here. Rich, quick story of how adversity sometimes bring unexpected blessing. Um, about two years into uh, into this place kind of being reborn, um, we had a water main break that was a few feet off of where the city would pay the bill for it. So we got to pick up the bill, uh, not what a startup church wants. Um, but honestly, the spirit of those who are around here, we just said, God, this is your money. It's your building. You knew this was going to happen. You're sovereign over water pipes. So we dumped a bunch of money into water pipes. Um, and we had to rip up our entire parking lot out here. And we laid pipe that went all the way back so that we said, Lord, whatever you want with this back lot, heart of Silicon Valley, you've given us land. Whatever you want back there. Um, we've got pipe now that can, that can house a, a building back there or, or whatever. Well, um, what happened this last year, we're about one year into it now, is a community garden has been born out there. And guess how much water pressure we have? Plenty. <laughs> um, we have six boxes right now. We could, we could house easily 150 boxes out there. And it's been an amazing thing to have neighbors behind us who said, I've lived here for almost 40 years. I've never seen anything but weeds. Thank you for bring, bringing beauty to, to the property here. Thanks for just being a good neighbor on that front. We've been able to, to be a blessing there. Clink's not here this morning. He's got a sick uh, child at home. But he's been instrumental in really allowing that. And what a cool thing to look back and say something we would never hope for, dream for, pray for, God turns around and uses to really launch and, and prepare for a ministry a couple of years later uh, that was on not many people's radar. So praise God for that. That's just Learn. Another cool story that probably most of you don't know about. Anyone else? We're going to sing a song. We're going to read the second half and get get into some more individual band. Come on up. Uh, anyone else have, uh, have something? Go ahead, John. John. You know, the, the the church is described as a body in scriptures, amongst other things. That's one of my favorite metaphors, and it's one of the Bible's favorite metaphors. And it talks about how the unseen parts of the body um, they seem less esteemed, but they're actually more esteemed. And you think about, you know, none of us sees our heart right now. That's a pretty important part of our body, right? Um, there there's so many people. I just, just We could literally be here for hours thinking and calling out just the way God has brought uh, a group of people together uh, to form a body here. And one of the things that um, I love about John, he said he's not too proud to shoot an email. John, probably better than most people I've ever met uh, in my life. Understand the idea of this place being a family and this place being a home that he's going to come be a contributor at I pop by here all the time I live in the in the hood as well, and um, I find John back here just doing stuff No one asked him to no one told him to he's not telling anyone. He's doing it He's just doing it this place is a better-looking place because John's here and then in the in the ministry realm Um, God God prepared John by bringing him here. His faith has grown deeper. He's deeper in the word. He's asking better questions. He's walking more by faith. You know why I know all this? Because John pops by many times. He'll just ping me really quick. He'll text me, are you in the office? Yeah, I'm here. Boom, John will pop by after work. I know this because we've walked through just a ton of stuff. And so I've had people where I've said, you have to meet my friend John. I don't know how to comfort you with the comfort that God's given me because I haven't walked through that. But I've got a brother who has. Let me call John. John will come and he'll fill in that gap that I have in my life. Because God's, God's called him. God's seen his life and his family worthy of walking through that. And you know what? John's quick to come and just share. Just share what he has. What he's gone through. How God's comforted and blessed him. So, love you, brother. Listen, we're going to sing about our great God. That seem fitting? It just seem like so to us uh, as we sing, bless the Lord, bless the Lord with your mouth as we sing and we're going to move into the second half of the psalm uh, as soon as we're done with the song Kirk, you come on up and read um, and then we're just going to move into a time of, um, of, of of more thinking individually and and, and thinking about stories uh, of how God has been great and acted great in your life psalm sixty six thirteen through twenty I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you, that which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fattened animals with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly God has listened he has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love for me. So just before we share, um, by the way, I've said this before in here, but sometimes blessing the Lord with all that is within you, um, it has nothing to do with your extrovert or introvert. Um, It's really not for you or about you, is it? It's really about God and calling him out. And some of you get sweaty palms and a pounding heart to stand up and call out the excellencies of God, and some of you don't think twice about it. But let me just say this. Over and over and again in Scripture, we're we're, we're told, has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak it out. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And something about saying it, something about articulating something like a spiritual truth that's working through, doesn't that have a way of of, of kind of lodging it in your soul in, in a more concrete kind of a way? And if we can't do that here in church, how are we going to do this in the cubicle on Tuesday afternoon? Right? How are we going to be ready to call out what God's done in our lives and the mighty deeds of a great and mighty king that we just sang about if we can't articulate it here in church? So let me promise you this. The people in this room will be very gracious as you stammer along and try to get your idea out. So just stand up and do it. Maybe not for you. Maybe God has you standing up, sharing something that he's done in your life for someone sitting across the aisle that you've never met before. And something about your story for his glory is going to just tinge in their life and they're going to say, man, that's me. I see myself in that. When I read this passage and I thought about us bringing... uh, you know, sacrifices to God. Obviously, this is written from an Old Testament standpoint. And so what does it look like? And I grew up with a song we used to sing uh, that says, we bring the sacrifice of praise um, into the house of the Lord. And I grew up singing that. What is the sacrifice of praise all about? What does it look like for us in a New Testament, New Covenant era, to come and bring sacrifice before the Lord? Let me give you a verse that... Um, that just communicates something really powerful. Hebrews 13, 15 says this. Through Him then, Jesus, through Him, that's pretty key, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. You say, well, what is that? He anticipates that and says this. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. Do you see how important it is? Maybe not for other people, but for us to speak out God. The fruit of lips, that acknowledge his name, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. You know what a sacrifice of praise is? Speaking and acting. You know what we serve? We serve a God who's mighty in word and mighty in deed. So right now we have an opportunity to just call out the mighty deeds of God in the community of faith. So let me open it up, and uh, if you're ready, hop up and share what God's been doing yeah patty thanks Patty Jesus is still slaying dragons huh in case you didn't hear the first part of this sixty eight pounds is that what you said sixty eight pounds it was it was probably uh, and and what's amazing is that's a tangible number that we can see in so much of spiritual growth and the and the freedoms that we experience aren't like that. They don't have a number attached to it. Um, the things God's doing in, in the rest of Patty's life is incredible, and you know what? She talks about it all the time. Uh, her son summed up what God's doing with her physically, though probably the best when when he wrote her, I think, an email, and, and what he wrote was, "I feel like I'm losing my mom," in a good way. Like just so much of Patty was gone uh, that 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 uh, that he said that. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was cute. Um, Nicole. You know, we all take for granted each other, don't we, at times? Um, as, as our sovereign God would have it yesterday, I prayed and I thanked God that Nicole Sloane was on this planet and, and that she has something that God still has for her. What prompted that was I drove by a spot where we almost lost Nicole a lot of years ago, um, and she's still here. And so driving by that spot prompted my mind to say, God, thank you that Nicole's around. Because we almost lost her here on this corner in a car accident. And and uh, I want to say that publicly. We're thankful for you and your husband and your lovely family. So someone else, isn't it good to hear of a great God? Man, this is a good morning. Love this. Who else? Yeah. Don't. Listen, uh, I'm going to pray, and we're going to um, continue to worship uh, with our offering and with some more music, and then we'll dismiss shortly. Um, these are special times. These are, these are good times to do this. What's, what's so powerful, let me tell you what, what our church specializes in. When someone comes and asks our church about programs or about uh, you know money for rent or whatever, I tell them often, I say, we don't specialize in that. We don't have a a $90,000 benevolence fund, because when we get money, frankly, it goes into kingdom work. Um, We don't have just a ton of programs. Programs aren't bad, but I know some great churches in the area that have that program. Let me direct you. You know what we have? We specialize in what you just heard. We specialize in being the body of Christ that comes around people in good times and bad. We specialize in, as John uh, mentioned, his bike ministry, uh, the priesthood of all believers and people taking the gospel with them everywhere they go throughout the week. Uh, and so many times people go away, kind of like Jesus, go, uh, Jesus come, uh, comes up with, you know, with people, and people left him sad because they weren't giving him a free handout. People leave our church sad all the time. I say, look, we can't help you out with 80 bucks, but let me tell you what we can give you. We can change your life. I mean, through the power of God, I promise you, we can change your life. We will rope you in. Your situation will be different. God saves marriages. God turns the hearts of their kids back to their parents. God provides, sometimes with a job, but sometimes in ways way different than that. You know what? A lot of people leave our church sad. And I feel just a tiny tinge of what the Father feels when when people walk away from that gift. You know why? They want 80 bucks to help them with their rent. Um, I hope, I hope you get a sense. Last week we had a big Sunday that just said, get involved in a community group, get plugged in. Sometimes you never know how connections are made. I didn't know that connection, Don and Nicole. That was neat to hear. You never know how God's going to make a connection amongst people, and you never know it, but you just met a lifelong friend and a brother and sister who's going to stick with you through through thick and thin. Let me pray, and then we'll sing. God, you are so good. And we don't ever want to be guilty or have it come across that we celebrate the gifts more than the gift giver, Lord. We we call these things out because we're just in love with you. Would you allow it to be true of our life that people could look at us and the first thing they think of is that, man, the love of Christ controls that person. I thank you for the testimony, for the story that although some of us have gifts of of words like a salesman that could use that, we submit all of that to you and we say, God, whatever will bring you the most glory, whether it's health issues or whether it's broken water pipes or whether it's great success, we give that to you. Like a little boy giving his lunch so that you can work your wonders with it in whatever way you see fit. God, this morning as we continue in the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, the fruit of our wallets, God, that we just say to you as a testimony, we're not controlled by our pocketbook. We want to celebrate and honor you with that. Lord, may it be said of our lives, can we look back this week and say that we've gone out and continued to do good, that we've shared our life, our resources, our time, our energy with those around us, God. Lord, you alone know all the specific needs and concerns and anxieties that exist in this room, and we lift those collectively to you right now, knowing and trusting that you're a sovereign God and a lover that watches out for and blesses his kids. We pray these things in Jesus' name.